Hi, I'm Jenny. I'm a mom and the founder and chief creative officer of Author Accelerator. I'm Melanie. I'm a mom and a writer, and I'm pitching my first novel. Hi, I'm Abby. I'm a mom and a writer pitching my first middle grades novel. Welcome to Mom Writes. This season is all about the ups and downs of pitching. Join us as we prepare to pitch, weather rejections, change course, and hopefully celebrate getting agented. Mom Writes, as always, is sponsored by Author Accelerator, a book coach certification company. If you're a writer and you've ever been jealous of the amazing coaching experience that Melanie and I have had over the course of the last two hundred and fifty podcast episodes, why not head over to AuthorAccelerator.com, where they'll match you with one of their certified book coaches based on your project and your goals. The matching service is free. Or if you've ever listened to one of our episodes and thought, man, Jenny's job is the dream. I want to help writers bring their books to life. Well, Author Accelerator also trains book coaches in their certification program. They have courses for coaching fiction and nonfiction and a course on the business of book coaching. You can sign up for their free all about book coaching video series at www.bookcoaches.com forward slash ABC. And now buckle up for this emotional roller coaster on season three of Mom Writes as we take on pitching. Hello. Today, Jenny is talking about a very, very tricky part of the pitching process, and that's the agent nudge. So in other words, something of yours, be it your query or your full manuscript, is sitting in an agent's inbox and it's taking forever. What do you do? So welcome back to Mom Writes, where today Jenny tells us how to navigate several different nudging scenarios with professional tact. Welcome back, everybody, to Mom Writes, where we're still talking about pitching because it's season three. I have had zero activity since last week when Jenny and I talked last. And so we are going to talk about the etiquette behind the nudge. So Mindy Carlson asked us um, last week, how do you go about nudging an agent for whatever reason? And that was a question that I had had before I got my rejection from Nancy Galt. Uh, she was someone that I was going to nudge because her website now very specifically gave permission for the nudge. But that's not something that I've seen a lot of people give. So how do you know? That's my first question is like, how do you know when it's time or it's okay to give a nudge? So the first thing I'm going to say is in general, don't, <laughs> in general, don't, because, um, it's one of the reasons why writers who in the pitching phase get such a bad reputation because they ignore all the rules. They sort of don't think about what's really happening. They take it so personally, um, you know, we were talking last time about it's not the agent's job to give you a response. It's not the agent's job to open your email. Like you're, you know, all of these things are you're you're making a formal professional request of them. And so any sort of nudge that is um, like the word nudge is perfect is nudgy. Like how come you haven't read it or sent it four weeks ago or um, what's the matter with you? Or you say that you're going to respond in two weeks and you didn't or like anything like that. Just don't, 
please, because it gives writers a bad reputation. I think it irritates agents. There is nothing to say that they can't just shut off that process of letting the public pitch to them, you know, if they're irritated by people and it, um, it doesn't respect the process. Right. And it's not professional. So that's the thing you have to remember is you are seeking a professional business relationship with the agent. So you've got to behave professionally. That doesn't mean that you can't have fun in your letters or you can't, you know, what have you, but it's got to be professional, which is to your point, first and foremost, follow the rules that they say. And I, I have often thought to myself that if I had nothing else to do, I would go on a campaign to standardize the pitch process across the entire industry. Like, why is it not standardized? Everybody has their own thing. Send five pages, send 10, send 15. Don't send until this. We'll say in two weeks, da, 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 da. Well, yeah, everybody's an individual and I get that. But it is so much work on the writer's end to get everything right for each agent. And I can tell you with 100% assuredness that most writers don't pay attention to the restrictions and rules that the agents give. And that's why agents for, you know, one of the reasons why they might just like stop because it's so irritating, right. To deal with all of this, these people not following rules. And I think it's the reason why so many of them have gotten so restrictive. Some, there's a lot of forms now. Have you encountered that yet? Only, only one. And the forms are like, no more than 250 words on X, no more. Like it's very restrictive because probably they're just tired of people not paying attention and, you know, not to get, um, off track, although this is completely off track, but it, but it is, it's not, it's akin to, um, people thinking that the rules don't apply to them out in the real world as well. Right. I can, I don't have to follow the rules. I don't have to do what everybody else does, whether that comes to paying your taxes or, um, perhaps social distancing for the I was even thinking all the students that I had in high school, half of them thought the rules didn't apply. I I know you said I had to turn it in by four o'clock on Friday and it's five Mm -hmm. o'clock. Is it okay? And it's like, no, it's not okay. The rule was there. Everybody else met the rule. So like I could talk for a long time about that, but, but there are so many writers that don't follow the rules that the agents pitch. So the first just overarching thing is don't think that you're like, oh, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. I'm going to nudge them every day or I'm going to, you know, whatever. Just don't. If they say on their website the way Nancy Galt did, if you haven't heard from me by X date, resend, let me know, da, da, da. There are agents who say that. There are, you'll encounter them. It is a thing they sometimes say. And I think the reason is that let's say you have 500 queries in your inbox and you have a process by which you try to get to them in four weeks, but you just didn't. It just didn't happen. If somebody is following your rule and sends you that follow-up email, now you're back in the bucket. That's showing persistence and grit, which is a good thing. So the way you would do that in, in the case, I know you heard from Nancy, but if you hadn't, the way you would do that is just the most simple, professional, clean, little note. Typically what I would do is I would forward the original email because it's got the date on it. 
Mm. And, um, and I would just simply say, as per your submission guidelines, I'm resending a query I sent in whatever date. Just end of story. Thank you for your consideration, Abby. Like just end of story, right? So, but make the um, the subject of the email though, follow the original submission thing in case they have something on it that dumps it. You don't want that yep. RE dot dot. You just want the clean yep. subject line really briefly state per whatever, wherever you read it and then right. have the forwarded email. Just super simple, Perfect. like just super simple. So that's how you would do that kind of a, a nudge. Um, there's no reason to say anything else. There's no reason to say, but it's so great. I really hope you do it or some cute little thing or um, what's the matter with you? <laughs> you know, like which people do. <laughs> Um, so that's one kind of nudge, but there's other times in the process when you also, um, would, would, would nudge. So, um, one of those times would be if they, uh, request the manuscript, the full manuscript. So let's just say that they request the manuscript on December 1st. And you send it on December 1st. So now they have the whole thing. Um, you don't, you may not know how long they'll take to read it. They may not say anywhere. Um, they may say something similar to what Nancy Galt said. Like if you don't hear from us in two months or, you know, whatever, it's, it's a no. Or they, they may say nothing at all about it. So let's just say you send it on December 1st. Now it's um, February 1st. And you're like, what is the matter with these people? Like, why haven't they read it? Why haven't I heard they requested it? They liked it. You know, I, what should I do? And certainly, well, it's going to change if, if you sent that on an exclusive basis. So mm -hmm. sometimes they might ask for the full manuscript and, and say, does anybody else have it? Could I have it on an exclusive? And you can make a decision and say yes or no. If the, if it's sent to them on an exclusive and you're not doing any other pitching while they have it, I think it's totally appropriate after an appropriate period of time. Um, and I, I coach writers through this all day long. Um, what's an appropriate period of time? I think with a full manuscript, six, six weeks minimum, because we all know it to sit down and open 150, 200, 350 page book and, you know, that takes some time and brain power to pay attention to, um, or they might have read it and they're passing it around, you know, whatever. But I think six weeks, you can write this kind of a nudge, which is you write to them and you say, um, just wanted to see if my manuscript had made it to the top of your read pile yet. Just, you know, can't wait to hear your thoughts. Thanks, Abby. Like just again, super simple, super clean, super professional. That's, that's a little nudge. And what, um, so this recently happened with a client of mine and the person wrote back and said, um, oh my gosh, it's just been an insane time. Yeah. Sorry. Haven't touched it. Um, I will get to it. Right. And you're just like, you want to pull your hair out because you've been sitting there thinking they're reading it, they're considering it. But, but that goes back to, to what we talked about last week, which is that idea that not to overthink it. Mm -hmm. Usually 
the most pedestrian answer is the reason why they haven't gotten back. Um, and, and so I had, what I had happened with another client recently was the, um, the agent requested the, it was a book proposal. They requested the proposal, didn't get back, didn't get back, didn't get back. She was going crazy. So she sent this kind of a nudge, exactly what we're talking about. Hey, just wanted to see if you had a chance to read it. And this agent's assistant wrote back and said, um, no, she hasn't. She's had a family emergency. And so that was, you know, that's the kind of thing that usually it's about. It's not about the manuscript. So then the client was like, all right, I'll just, you know, wait, waited, 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 nudged the assistant again about six weeks later, just wondering, da, 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 da. And the assistant, I'm laughing, but it was totally not funny, um, wrote back and said, yeah, sorry, um, her, her dad died. Um, she's not reading queries anymore. So like she's super close to getting that agent's attention and just life, life intervened like, oh, well, but those kind of nudges, those sort of just very professional. Um, and I had to hold this writer back. She wanted to write every day. Like, have you read it? Have you read it? Have you read it? How come you haven't read it? You asked for it again. You said your assistant, she wanted to write to the assistant. Has she read it? Can you just tell me? Can you just give me like wink, wink, wink? And then I was like, don't, 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 like, don't. You have to just sit. And then it turned out that her father had died. So um, that's another kind of nudge. There's still, there's still, can, a, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I can think of another nudge, but if you can think of another nudge, you do yours oh. first and then I'll ask mine. Yeah, no, there's a very typical thing that happens. And this is what, this is the kind of thing you most want to happen. So let's say um, you have an agent who offers you representation and you have four other agents who've requested the manuscript. So you've got, okay, there's five agents, four of them have the manuscript, five of them have the manuscript and one of them calls and or emails and says, I want to set up a call to talk to you. I loved your book. So now you're like, holy crap, what do I do with the other four? So the nudge that you send to the other four is, again, very professional, very short, very to the point. You say, um, I just want to let you know, I have a call with an agent on X day. And I usually try to guide the writer to make that call as far out as is sort of reasonable. The, the impulse is like, I want to talk to you tomorrow. But if you have four other agents wanting it, like give yourself a day, give yourself two days. Like, can we talk on Wednesday? So then you write to those four other four agents who have it. And you say, I just want to let you know that on Wednesday, I'm speaking to an agent who will be offering me representation. Do you, are you interested in having a conversation as well? And many times that's another kind of nudge. And then many times they'll write back and they'll say, um, no, it's not for me. We're passing. Or they'll say, yes, can you give me another day? Can we talk on Thursday? So now, um, now you've got two agent phone calls and then you would tell the first agent on that phone call on the Wednesday, um, you know, so exciting. What's your vision for my book? All the questions you would ask that, that you want to, be prepared to ask an agent. Um, and then you would say to that person, I just want to let you know, I have a, another agent who is interested and I'm going to be speaking in tomorrow. So I'll be able to give you a decision by Friday. 
or by Monday or, you know, some very professional um, period of time. Yeah. So that's, that's the kind of nudes you want to get to. Like that's the dream to have multiple people having it at, at the same time. Cause then you get to, to pick and, and choose. So the nudge that I was going to bring up almost piggybacks on that one. <clears throat> so when I um, queried Molly O'Neill at, I believe it's root agency she, I got an auto responder, you know, and I think two or three of them have given me an auto responder. And this one says, if you receive an offer of representation, now, first of all, their turnaround is eight to 10 weeks, which is the longest turnaround that I've seen so far in this whole process. Yeah. If you receive an offer of representation in the meantime, please drop us an email to let us know. So... I'm assuming what that means is just what it says. If another agent works the process faster than them, but you mm -hmm. have a query in their box, mm -hmm. just you respond to, it doesn't even tell you where to respond to. So I'm assuming you would just reply to this submissions email. Instead. Yeah. And you would, you would put in the subject line, um, offer of representation on, Whatever. And then the name of your book and, or however you made the subject line. Right. Um, or, or, um, conveying another offer of representation or something like that. Now that language, the, the thing that the scenario that I described, mm -hmm. if you have an agent that wants to talk to you on the phone about your book, you don't actually know what they're going to say. So you can't, you can't say that you have an offer of representation if all you have is a phone call. So the nudge that I was suggesting before, would you couldn't send to that person because it's not technically true. You're you're saying, you know, I mean, I, su I suppose you could send send the email saying I'm speaking to agent, an agent on this day about the manuscript, but because sometimes an agent will get you on the phone and say, oh my gosh, I loved your book so much. Um, I'm really thinking instead of. Uh, middle grade that it should be YA. And I'm really thinking instead of a pirate rat that you should have a possum uh, mermaid. <laughs> That's a weird one. I just can't. YA. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, um, and I'm thinking you should change the POV from da, 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 da. You know, what do you think? You're going to be like, yeah, no, thanks. <laughs> but um, not for me. That's, that's not an offer of representation. Or they might say, oh my gosh, Abby, I loved your book so much. So inventive, so interesting. Your character is amazing. Um, but really, I think your writing needs a ton of help. I really think that you need um, uh, to work with the line editor. Um, how would you feel about doing that? Um, there might be something weird like that. And, and you just don't, you just don't know what that phone call is going to be about. So if the, if the agent is saying, let us know when you have an actual offer of representation, that's got to be that. Um, it doesn't have to be, you know, I, I've got a contract in hand. It just has mm -hmm. to be the agent has offered it, me representation. And, um, so what's tricky about that is, you're on the phone on Wednesday with agent one and mm -hmm. agent one wanted to talk to you 
and did in fact say, um, you know, let's talk on Wednesday. Now you're on the phone and they're not offering you representation. They're offering you, I'm sorry, I'm saying the wrong thing. They are offering you representation. So agent one on Wednesday says, love it so much. We'd love to represent you. Let's go. It, if you got to remember, you might be building a professional relationship with this person that you're going to have for a really long time. You kind of don't want on that day to say, um, could you just hold on a little tiny minute? Cause I want to get back to these other four people that have it and see if I like them better than you. Like you don't want to do that. That's just bad mojo. Right? So what you say to them is, Oh my gosh, I'm so thrilled. I'm so excited. Um, when can I expect to see your contract? I can't wait to look it over. Um, and if they say it's already in the email, you'll get it in two seconds. Then you say, um, I really would like to speak this, to talk this over with my husband or partner, um, and my, um, um, critique partner or my mother or something. Could I get back to you, um, on Thursday or Friday? Give a stall. Like try, but, but, but with the, with the caveat that you might be forming a business partnership mm -hmm. with this person for the end of time. So you don't want to be jerky. You don't want to lie. You don't want to put them off too long. Um, you, you want, you want to be professional, but then you get off the phone and you, you write that other person and you say sitting on an offer of representation. I mean, I would, mm -hmm. I would make it really direct and you know, then your email is, I told the other person I would get back to them in two days. Are you interested in, you know, what have you and are interested in speaking to me? Now let's just say that they are. Well, now you, you say you have to decide, are you going to tell that first agent, you know, immediately I've had another rep offer representation come in. So let's say now it's Thursday. Mm -hmm. I've had another offer of representation come in. Um, I would like to speak with this agent, but I can't speak with them until Monday. Would it be okay with you if I didn't give you an answer until um, in Monday afternoon? Something, something like mm -hmm. that. So these kind of super sticky, tricky, you know, figuring out of what's happening um, are things that can happen and can unfold. And in those situations, those nudges, you know, are kind of take on a different tenor. But as you can see, they're very, 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 very different than how come you haven't read my manuscript? You said you would, you know, da, 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 da. So, um, and I, I think, again, I just can't reiterate enough because I just see so many writers not um, behaving professionally in all these situations just to really think, think about your actions and behaviors and your language and, um, always keeping in the back of your mind, two things. It's a super small industry and you never know who knows who and who's going to talk to who about what you did. And then also these may be people that you are going to be doing business with for a very, very long time. You, you want to be a good business partner. Did I answer the question? I think so. I think so. It's all so tricky and sticky, like you said, but also very fascinating.
It's super fascinating. And super it's, fascinating. Uh, it's super complex. And I, um, you know, I think it points to the idea that um, people approach pitching like, Wee! you know, and I think sometimes the, the contests, um, I mean, there's really amazing things yeah. about contests, but I think they sometimes put a, a wrapper around it like, I don't know, like a lottery or like a game show. And it's like, these are professional, you know, business relationships that you're undertaking and you need to approach them with strategy and you need to approach them as a professional and you need to understand what's happening so that, you know, like there's this, this myth, which I think we could bust because a lot of people think about it. Like, um, okay, let's say you have a list of 30 agents you're going to pitch. And some writers will say, all right, I'm going to start at the bottom. I'm going to start at agent 30 because I want to kind of see, I want to dip my toes in the water. I want to figure, figure it out. And I don't want to send to my top agents until I do that. Well, let's say agent 30 wants to offer you representation. You can't say to that person, can you just hold, can we just sit on that for a little while while I go pitch the other agents? Um, you know, you, you can't even say to them, um, could you just give me two weeks? Like that's rude, right? They're offering you representation in that day, in that moment. So you can't, you can't do that. And you can't, um, like, let's say, um, let's say in your situation. So you've got four agents that have your query and your pages. Let's say today, one of them calls and says, can you send the whole manuscript? And you do, let's say they call you tomorrow and they say, I love this so much. Can we, can we talk? And you talk to them tomorrow and um, you can't nudge the others to, to say, do you want to consider representing this book? Because they haven't even requested your manuscript. Mm -hmm. So doing that kind of a nudge would be rude, right? Like they haven't even gotten to that point. So at that point, your choice is accept that offer of representation or don't. That's your only choice. You can't say... Um, you know, you can't do anything. Your hands are tied. So it's, um, yeah, it's a super sticky, tricky, very fraught, um, very fraught process. And part of me, I know this is so not fair to you, Abby, but part of me is happy for the sake of your podcast that <laughs> it wasn't super easy right at the start for you because the, those stories, are just not representative of what it's really like. No, and I, so I have a friend, James, who when I sent my first pitch, I was talking to him about it. And I said, well, how long did it take you to get um, an agent? And he said, well, it's like three days. And I was like, wait, like three days? He said, yeah, I, I pitched my top agent huh? who like three days later asked me for the manuscript. I gave it to him. He like immediately gave me an offer of representation and that's who I went with. And I was like, wait, that happens. I, I was so floored, you know, by the idea that it just, and, and now he, he sold three books and then they just gave him a five book deal. And so he's, you know, he's, he's really, <laughs> yeah, he's like off and running. And so, you know, he's amazing. And yeah, of course, rightly so he's, he snatched up, but you know, of course he also published like 30 short stories and he, like he had, he already had a, a, a reputation and a, and a history in, 
you know, the writing world. So it, it was not surprising, but, um, I mean, it does happen. I have seen that happen. I have had that happen to clients. The one that I, the last, the most recent one I'm thinking of though, you know, she had, that's how she got her agent. It was just like, boom, her first top agent. I think it was, I think it was within a minute, like it was some ridiculous response time, but then her process of getting a publisher was very fraught and, and very convoluted and all kinds of drama. And, you know, so like, you just never know. You just never know. So you brush off your people skills, you brush off your soft skills. You just use your brain when it comes to how you interact with people and nudging and yeah, <laughs> all the things. And you just float down the river and you follow it where it takes you. That's yeah. I just don't think that there is a place in this process for the, the kind of nudge that's like, I'm going to be so persistent and I'm going to send this every day and I'm going to, you know, be at the top of their email and I'm going to be the da, 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 da. I think that would just irritate people. Um, but if there are rules on their website and you about the nudge and you follow the rules, then do it. I do know that like, you know, this auto responder, um, gave me that rule. Nancy Galt's website gave the rule. I think I've seen it on one or two other websites where it says, if you get to a certain point, um, you can't nudge the agent that you initially queried, but you can, you can resend to another agent at the agency. So like you said, there's no standardization and you really had to dig to find some of that. As a matter of fact, the thing about nudging Nancy Galt, I did not even see until I went back to her website to make sure I had spelled her name correctly when I typed in her email because I hadn't heard back. And that's when I saw it. And I thought, interesting, because that thought had not occurred to me. I really thought that it would be dead in the water. And the thing that people also don't realize is that these things change. Like, Mm -hmm. um, So when I'm working with a client on building an agent list, um, my assistant helps me a lot. And right before, so we build a whole, a whole spreadsheet. And then right before we start pitching, my assistant will go double check the information. And like with the five or the six that we're going to, going to pitch, are they still open to queries? Has anything changed? And things change. Like it's bizarre all the time. They change. And yeah, like, you know, like, wait, we put on the spreadsheet, we have the information that this is what it said. Now it says something totally different. Sometimes the agent moves agencies in that period of time. Sometimes, you know, like it, it's just bizarre. Some Sometimes they say we've changed our process and now all queries are going through our assistant. So send them to that email instead. You know, I actually was putting the URL to each individual agent on the website in my spreadsheet because I even noticed there were agents that one agent in particular that made my original list, but was closed to queries. So I marked closed on my list, but I went back and double checked as I started to send and saw she was now open. And so I think it works, you know, both ways too, just because you see somebody's not taking things doesn't mean discount them from your list, but double check when it's time to send. So totally. Yeah. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work and it's very, it's a very different kind of work and it's a very kind of fiddly, uh, I'm thinking of the great British baking show, fiddly business. I actually love it. I actually kind of 
secretly love it. <laughs> um, that's interesting. <laughs> um, that's good. Um, so yeah, just keep doing what you're doing. I think you could send out 10 more. We'll see, we'll see what kind of data we'll, we get. Well, you know, I'm a fan of analyzing what happens and what we get, but, but not, not making stories up that are going to make you crazy. You know? Oh, which is so hard when you're a writer too. You I love to make know. up the stories. Don't make up your stories on the actual stories you're writing. Okay. That's, <laughs> that's a demand. Okay. And you'll tell me whatever happens and we'll do that video thing again so we can capture that for our listeners. That sounds good. Okay. Uh, all right. And thank you for the questions. I, I dig the audience questions. That's so fun. Me too. Me too. I was glad to get some. So. Yeah. Bring the questions. I love it. All righty. Bye, everybody.